You are listening to Corellian Run Radio, your route through hyperspace to the latest news on Star Wars The Old Republic. Hi, and welcome to Corellian Run Radio. I'm Carla. And I'm Kathy. Well, Kathy, why don't you tell me a little bit about how your week went? Well, let's see. I did two Star Wars-related things. I finished watching episode two and three. I'm trying to work my way through all the movies in chronological order. Um, two was not so good. Three was better than two. But and, and I realized it was funny. I thought I had seen them all. I guess I never saw the third one. I, I was probably disenchanted with the first two and didn't ever go see it. But uh, so it was it was good to, you know, for completion's sake to see it. But I thought there were some unintentionally funny moments, which I have now learned are actually internet memes like Darth Vader and his no. <laughs> um, so that that was amusing. Um, uh, but it, I enjoyed actually for the three movies. What I enjoyed is seeing the the art and the worlds. And now I really want to see Naboo as a planet. I, I'm really excited. I hope that they'll be announcing that soon. Um, the other thing that I did was I decided that for research sake I should go and play Kotor. So I started playing Kotor. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and I've you know I've gotten I don't know probably put about four hours in or something like that, and and so I'm getting used to the Bioware conversation system, um, which I have to say it took a little getting used to me being a WoW player. Uh, I like the story, but at the beginning it did seem like oh this is kind of slow. <laughs> to all these people but once I you know once I just sort of you know relaxed and got more immersed in the story I, I did start to enjoy it um, now and I understand that you have also taken a look at KOTOR that, that is right? correct I went and got it from Steam when they had it for $2.50 can you tell how thrifty nice. I am <laughs> um, I am like you it uh, took and it's still taking, I must admit, it's still taking me time to get into the whole making mm-hmm. these decisions and reading everything that is written. And I think that what the thing I'm looking most forward to with Star Wars The Old Republic is the fully voiced uh you know, conversations that yep. you're going to be having right. instead of me having to sit there and read all of that stuff because I was like, okay, come on, guys, <laughs> speed it up. Because <laughs> even though I read really fast, it was like the conversations were not flowing fast enough for me. So, so, so you think it'll be you'll enjoy it more when your own character actually talks. exactly as well as the NPCs, exactly right? so they're, yeah. they're, you know i can see that they're carrying on a conversation and i'm listening to it because it's involving the story that i'm interested in so i'm hoping mm-hmm. it will speed things up for me although technically it's not speeding it up but it will seem that it's a, you know moving faster than right and and actually, uh, this might make you feel better. I was talking to my daughter about Kotor, and then she said, actually, like the beginning of Kotor, it's a little bit. It takes a while to pick up. I think she said once you discover 
uh, once you find Bastila, which is one of your first missions, then then things really start moving along. So you know, just just stick it out. <laughs> well, I am. Up. I fully intend to. And like you, I'm trying to do this for research and trying to say, you know, I have not played many Bioware games, and I'm trying to get a feel for what we may be in for. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I I'm I'm not totally bored with it. You know, I like the action. I like the characters. I think the graphics for a game that's you know older. It really looks good. Um, hmm. So anyway, but <laughs> there yeah. you go. So my, my week has been I um, do a couple of things that are not Star Wars related, believe it or not. And uh, one of those I think I've mentioned before is genealogy. And I've been working on a secret genealogy project. So I've been working on a secret. Project. Yeah, I've just been working on a website and um, I'm probably going to do a little bit of a podcast for this particular project and so i'm kind of excited uh-huh, nice. about that and oh look at you you're becoming a, a podcast there you go <laughs> that's great all right well that probably is uh it's probably time for our host challenge fact you know it to be true or fiction that's impossible. okay I'm going to read three bits of information, or three leads, about the game. Two of them will be made up or not yet confirmed, and only one will be a fact confirmed by Bioware. Your job is to pick out which one is true. Okie dokie. Here are your three leads. Lead number one. Stealth will be available in both Gunslinger and Scoundrel Advanced classes. Lead number two. Your companion's stats will not be affected by your Advanced class choice. Or lead number three, in the famous kill, don't kill the captain flashpoint, if you kill the captain, he stays dead. So, after hearing all three leads, which one is the confirmed fact? Oh, goodness, you made that really hard. (laughs) Um, So, all right, so stealth, is it going to be available for both the gunslinger and the scoundrel advanced classes? I would say no. All right, number two was the, your companion stats will not be affected by your advanced class choice. So, say if you're a healer or something, I say it doesn't no matter. to that. I mean, I say I agree with that. I think that it, that it will be affected. Your companions, your choices right, so will affect that's not the, Okay, well, that, that, find, that leaves the famous kill, don't kill the captain. So, right. if you kill the captain once and you go back, well, I'm not sure how you, if you go back, but anyway, uh, <laughs> if you kill the captain, is he dead for, for you from now on? Or, or can you. I get to do it again and again and again, according to, <laughs> uh, I think it was Daniel Erickson or somebody. Uh, James Olin. He actually oh, talked is that about it? How erasing, yeah, that's the one. This is the thing that they keep uh, saying. They're, you know, they're, they're kind of conflicting information. Yeah, they're rubber banding um, on that one. Right. All right. Well, which one are you going to go with? Well, three. Number three. All right. Well, actually, yes. Three is the correct answer because actually, even though James Olin said that you would erase stuff, um, Blaine Christine was interviewed by Lorehound um, he, when he was at PAX, and the guy, at the interviewer, specifically asked, is the captain going to be dead the next time, or is he going to be alive? And Blaine Christine said, if the captain is dead, he stays dead. So that's just another <laughs> another little, uh, little monkey wrench in the whole uh, choice matters discussion that we've been having the past few podcasts, because you do, you, we are getting 
it, you know, kind of conflict. It seems like conflicting information, but but Blaine Christine seems to have said pretty definitively, the captain is dead. No matter if you killed him, so so I guess that's good. I just wonder what James Olin meant by erasing stuff and repeatable flashpoints. Do you have any <laughs> any insights into that? I think you're confused. <laughs> no, seriously, yes. I think that they really haven't decided yet because we are, and Blaine Christine pointed that out, we are definitely getting conflicting information. You know? Yeah, we talked about that last when right. he said last time. They've, they've been, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, well, uh, all these things will be resolved as we get closer to release date, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, well, very good. You once again have, have uh, beaten the fact or fiction challenge. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, up next, developer updates and breaking news. From the Newsnet. And, and beyond. Okay, Friday, um, September 17th, there was a fan update that had an, an, uh, a very nice assortment of fan art. And um, they had a link on that page, and, and both of those links will be in our show notes. But they had a link on that page that took us to a section that uh, had all of the art in one particular place by artist. Right, organized by artist. That was nice. It was very nice. I had not seen that page before and I thought, wow, this is great. So I started clicking on all this stuff because I've been wanting to get an avatar or uh, use one as my wallpaper for a female Sith Inquisitor. And do you know there's only one that I've been able to find and I wasn't really overly thrilled with that one. Uh So... I'm looking for a female Sith Inquisitor. All you see is males. Yes, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so, did you find anything on that page? No, I just found one, and it, oh. you know, I was have, uh, so all you artists out there, please, I need a Sith female Inquisitor. So, <laughs> all right, the the call has been made. That's right. <laughs> Let's see if the community responds. There you go, and uh, they had some really cool avatars. And so you need to update your fan kit if you haven't already done so. And then there was the developer's corner, which I thought was really cool. It was um, yeah, the Republic Capital Ships. And I believe, what's his name? Ryan Denning, which is a senior concept artist. He took you know, this artwork and showed how he put it all together and how he did the 3D model. And I don't know if a lot of people actually clicked on the photo to bring it up, you know, to where you could see it an enlargement of it. Because right. what's not showing is down at the very bottom is his instructions to the 3D artist. Yeah, that was cool. I looked at that. I thought, wow, look at that. So that's how they do that. <laughs> I mean, because yeah, I had no clue. Right. And I was really interesting to see the step-by-step progression where you have, okay, this is our, you know, basic silhouette and you know we're going to kind of do this and then how how it gets more and more detailed with each step and the and the thoughts behind it how the republic ships are more rounded and the imperial ships are more angular so I really I really enjoy knowing that behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, I loved it. 
So, all right. Well, that was the Fan Friday section of the September 17th update. The um, One of the other parts of the update were a couple of polls that the, they threw up. The first one was, what is your favorite area of the forums to visit? And uh, the most popular ones in this order were general. The general discussion section was the most popular. And I have to say, that's usually where I go first. Um, classes was right after that. And then the dev tracker. Uh, those were the three most popular areas. Yeah, there's some that I almost never go to at all. So um, that th- those results did not really surprise me. Um, what, what Where do you usually go when you go to visit there? I have it bookmarked. I always go to the developer's corner first. Do always. you? Uh-huh. Always. I mean, usually general is so full of random stuff that it's very hard to find useful information there so i avoid it like the plague (laughs) well you know what and i would too if i wasn't doing this podcast (laughs) because i have to say it's very disheartening to go there sometimes because there's just so much angst or complaining and you know and you know people and and there are people that are trying to be positive also so but but yeah in general it's 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 i just go there because i want to see what people are talking about but i but it, it is kind of hard to sift through that that section sometimes i agree i mean i go there because you know we have to we need to do the research and stuff but there is just so much negative energy there a lot of times and so much just random silly stuff that it's hard to get to the meat of things mm-hmm. and but you have to sift through it to get to it but yeah anyway. yeah and sometimes i think that the the posts that people start i mean i i i'm sure that some of those are started with the intention of starting fights just because people like to argue or like to see people get up in arms so you know that's the other thing that i try to keep in mind when i when i look through these these uh these threads you know it's like this is created drama i don't know if it this doesn't necessarily reflect what actually is going on in the hearts and minds of tour fans i agree but anyway, okay, so that was that. We'll have a link to the uh, to that poll in our show notes. Uh, the other poll was, um, which game system section do you find to be the most informative? Um, and this was interesting. I know you and I were talking about it because we interpreted the poll in a different, in totally different ways. <laughs> um, I interpreted it that they were sp- talking about the specific game systems tabs on the on the official site. So um, there were the advanced classes section page and the space combat page and the companions page and um and that's what i based it on so i i was actually very surprised that the advanced classes page was by far the most popular like 62 percent or some something like that 60 yeah uh 62 percent of the people picked that page and i just didn't agree that that was the most the the most informative of the three pages that were represented. Uh, I p- actually picked Space Combat, which only got six percent, and that was what really surprised me is the disparity between the two the the results. Um, but having talking to you, uh, you had a completely different interpretation of what that poll meant. Didn't exactly, you? exactly. I took it a little deeper. I was trying to read into what maybe BioWare was trying to get at, and I made an assumption, which I we all know what those do to you, <laughs> that they were wanting us to vote on 
which one did you think the, was the most informative in everything that they were presenting to us, not just what was on that game system tab? Besides, right, everything we've learned, including like that, the all the breakdown with all the different classes and the two different right. specs and each ability. Yeah, there's a, yeah, that was a lot of information. <laughs> right, and I thought, and I voted advanced classes because to me there is much more information on advanced classes than there is the the space combat and what was the other one that's their companions. There's mm-hmm. very little on companions. So, but who besides me thinks that the whole game system tab thing there is pointless? It confuses me. Why? I mean, to me, when I think game systems, I think PlayStation, Xbox, <laughs> Wii. I don't think game mechanics because to me, advanced systems in space combat and and companions are part of the mechanics of the game. Why not just put them all in the holonet where they belong? Yeah, I, I agree that the, uh, not getting into the nomenclature, but I agree that the, the layout of the site can be kind of confusing. It's counterintuitive. And, you know, why is companions on one page and, and then inhabitants on a completely different section? So when you would think they'd they're related somehow, but um, but yes, I, I I also sometimes have problems finding things because they don't have a search button, <laughs> and you can't just find the thing that you want unless you start digging around pretty deep sometimes. Well, next we come to uh, another part of the Friday update called designing the light side. All these people have been complaining that there was all this information on the dark side and the Sith, and there's been very little coming out of the developers about the the light side in reference to the Jedi, the Jedi Knight, and the Jedi Counselor, and the, uh, the appeal of being able to see visibly that they are a Force user by the fact that they're using a lightsaber or that mm-hmm. they're using some sort of Force ability. And I think that what I came away with this is that I think the Jedi Counselor is really cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I liked the graphic uh, part of the uh, Force. They're using the Force, but it right. does look like it's coming out of them instead of something that yeah. they're creating. You yeah, know? I like that. Yeah, rather, I think the developer actually says something that you're not making light in your hands like a wizard or something. It's actually just sort of emanating from your whole body, which is a different look and very, very cool. Yeah, I thought that was just, you know, if I am going to play a Jedi, I want to see that because to me that just you know how they said that they everybody wants to be a hero well to me that's kind of very heroic and very into character to see that just emanating out of you, mm-hmm. you know? yeah yeah so. i yeah i really liked um you know the just some of the the things that the abilities that they would show just in the videos with the the sort of martial arts hand positions you know when they when they stand and there's like light comes out of their hand and you know bam their enemy is sort of rolling around in a drunken stupor it was it was nice to see those abilities in the video i agree um also we got to see stealth for the Jedi Counselor, which is a different kind of stealth than we're used to thinking about in WoW, where you're sort of half invisible. I mean, and and the fact that the stealth is different for the Jedi Counselor versus, say, the Smuggler. So the Jedi Counselor had more of that smoky <laughs> something emanating from her as you see her creeping along. Um, and the Smuggler has that, you know, quite a more electronic 
computery kind of uh, thing over his body. Uh, so I, re- I like the way that they've done a, a different stealth look than what we're you? used to. I do too, very much so. I, I liked there being a difference because there would be. I mean, if you're a force user, your stealth is going to be different. It's got to look different mm-hmm. than if you're doing it um, like a smuggler would be and using something like a belt or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, I like that differentiation. Um, I also, I think they talked about in terms of the look of the of the Jedi's themselves. They were going for more that earth tone browns kind of look and and some of it would be more like a monk type character all the way up to and i think they said somebody that looks like they should be in the senate and i guess that would be the jedi knight versus the jedi counselor (laughs) which brings me to um i'm not really sure i like the look of the jedi counselor so much in fact it's almost kind of turning me off to the class (laughs) um they had a picture we've seen the the female jedi counselor who you know, has kind of a funky hat sometimes. And, and then they had a different hat for like the male version. And I thought his hat looked even sillier. So I don't know. What did you think? I'm hoping they have a hide button. for <laughs> Yes. Yes. Seriously. I, because I don't like that whole wearing the cape thing over the head looking stuff. I don't like that at all. Yeah. I, I, don't either. I I usually turn my helm off and wow, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> um, but uh but oh well, we'll see, we'll see. Uh oh, it was also nice to see when you were talking about dark and light side that that clip at the beginning where the the with the dark Jedi basically just murders everybody in that room by blowing them out of the airlock, which is not what Obi-Wan Kenobi would have done certainly. Yeah, but you know that makes me rethink the whole Sith Jedi thing because mm-hmm. the yep. reason I wanted to play Sith was to be a little evil. Right. But if I can infiltrate the Jedi and be evil on the Jedi side, that might be cool too. Yeah. I mean, that's that you do have to remember that you can do the different choices. Although I do remember Daniel Erickson, I think he was saying that if you're going to do that, if you're going to play opposite against what your your type, then if he said it's going to be work, so you'll have to really work hard to do that. But, you know, if the, that would certainly make for a really good class story for role playing. Absolutely. Um, I guess that's it. I don't really notice. Oh, you know, there was one little thing that they said. We have a clip for it when he was, uh, I think, what is this, Blaine Christine talking about? No, no. It's, this is from the Design and Light Side video. There's a little section about when they right. talk about companions. So here's the clip. We've actually also built it so that if you do go down the healing route, your companion becomes more powerful as you level up as a healer. All right. So what we get here, and I don't think that we've heard this before, is that if you decide to choose... Um, say the Jedi Consular healing side, um, and you know how it is if you're a healing class and you have low DPS, if you're out on your own trying to grind your way through quests or harvesting or whatever, it can be very, very slow. But what the developers in Tor seem to be doing is that they said, well, if you have chosen that healing class, we are going to make your companion more powerful. So that should help, uh, which will be interesting because it's a little, it's a lot different. You know, I mean, you just, you have played a healer and you know that whole, you know, it takes me forever to grind. Um, but now you can just go, you can just 
go and keep your healing, go keep healing, whatever, and let your companion do all the dirty work. Does that, is that something you like or will you miss, you know, the, the excuse to go and just start bashing things on the head? I absolutely love the fact that if I wanted to play a pure healing class, that I would have a companion that would accent me and help me because in WoW, playing a healer, it is the hardest thing in the world to try to level up mm-hmm. solo um, as a healer. I end up, well, let's say if I'm playing a priest class, in, like in WoW, I would right. go shadow, so that it, which would be DPS, so I would have a little bit more survivability right. than I would be if I decided to go holy. Um, but then I don't. It makes for not a very good healer. If I tried to do any raids or instances, I'm not really a healing class. I'm a DPS, and that right. kind and of defeats is, the whole purpose. Right, and this is all before. Well, now you can just switch back and forth between the specs, um, so you don't well, yeah. have to worry about that. But, but yes, I thought this was a uh, an, a good way for them to handle it if they're not going to allow you to just switch your spec at the drop of a hat. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, well. Um, there was one interview that came out at, since our last podcast. It was about it was Blaine Christine at PAX, and he was interviewed by Lorehound. Um, there were just a couple of things that I thought were interesting. The first one, um, the very first question out of the bat, I think uh, the interviewer asked Blaine Christine, "Well, you know, what is all this emphasis on story? That's all we seem to be hearing. Um, you know, what is is that all we're going to get in this game?" And and Blaine Christine had a real a very interesting response to that and here's the clip our intention has always been story is a driving portion of the game but when you look at it in the larger context of the overall experience it's 10 to 15 percent you know roughly of like what you're going to be doing in the game all of the other uh 80 85 percent whatever i did my math wrong there 90 85 90 percent uh is going to be all of the other activities that you do in a in an mmo which is amazing star wars action-packed combat uh, space game, space exploration, auction house, crafting, harvesting, raids, PvP, all of those things, plus much, much more. Okay, so what I I was actually a little surprised when he lowballed the amount of story that I, that I've been the impression that I've been given. I mean, ten to fifteen percent from from all the emphasis on story that we've been getting over the last year or whatever. It, I mean, I would have not been surprised if he said, "Oh yeah, story is going to be." Well, it's the fourth pillar, so at least 25%, but, you know, even maybe more, 30, 40, 45%, and that's probably what is scaring a lot of uh, traditional MMO players who are not particularly, love, you know, no, familiar with the Bioware games or KOTOR. Um, so, so, yes, that should, you know, assuming he's not just pulling these numbers out of the thin air, uh, he, that should hopefully, it, it made me feel a little better. How about you? It made me feel a lot better because while I want to immerse myself into my character and the story behind my character, there are so many other things that make an MMORPG for me more enjoyable. And that is all the things that he mentioned in this interview. And that is all the other activities from the auction house to crafting to raids to PvP. I mean, all of these things make up what I want to see out of an MMO. Yeah, so. yeah. So that was that was good. I'm glad he said that. I, I hope some people 
I don't know how many people saw this interview, but anyway, we'll have a link to that in our show notes. You can watch it for yourself. That is also the clip where later in the interview, um, he says, when you kill the captain, the captain stays dead. So you can hear that part also. Um, all right. I think we're ready to move on to Blood of the Empire. Absolutely. The Blood of the Empire. It's the final episode in that web or that comic or the last installment, I should say. Poor Maggot. <laughs> All I can say... Okay, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Poor Maggot. I got my hopes that he would still be alive. And you got... And those only <laughs> to see, you know, Teneb kill. Just whack it. I, I was so mad. Was so I was like, funny. dead gamut? It was only funny because you and I had that big debate last time about, you know, I'm going, he didn't get a good death, you know, I blah, 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 you know. And da, 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 da. and then and then he's not dead, yay! And he got an even worse death this time. So that just made me laugh, and that was just because of our conversation. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, I'm really kind of glad that he did die the way he did because the other death, or what I thought was a death, I mean, he just was whacked, and and he really didn't even get a chance to do anything, <laughs> and and even though this was, you know, he didn't get to do anything on this one. There was a purpose. In other words, he was had to be silenced. I guess. And while I did not like uh, Teneb Kale very much for that action because I fell in love with Maggot, I understood it from a Sith perspective that we have to remember he is Sith. And, mm-hmm. you know, we not, are not always going to agree with his choices that he makes, but he is evil. Right. You know, right. Yeah, I actually he thought... He has to make those. Yeah. I actually, plot-wise, I thought it was a fun thing i mean fun is not the right word but but uh but it was it was a good it might have been a good death for maggot but but in terms of surprising the reader um, that was a that was a, a a good a good choice i think for the writers um i thought it was interesting though because remember how we were talking uh, here's maggot and he's loyal and all this kind of stuff and he came there to save ten of cal he wanted to help him but but it, it seems like the writers were saying that's because Tenop Kell makes that assumption, and Maggot is like, "Oh no, I just came because I want to talk to you about you letting me free." <laughs> and I thought, "Oh, so Maggot's just kind of a dumb guy; he's not noble like we thought." Well, that's true, but uh, you know, I still like poor Maggot. Yeah, did you come away with the feeling though on this that they rushed this issue? I kept thinking that um, there should be another issue, and not enough was explained, like. Where did he come up with this Darth Than Thanaton? And right, you know, that's like his... who is that? And what was his? What is his purpose? Well, for that's probably something. Everything, right. Mm, right? You almost want an epilogue or something. Maybe another. Maybe a little bit more explanation. I don't. I don't know. They're they're not really strong on all that explanation i think for the whole time so that that actually didn't surprise me or even bother me i thought it i thought it was fine um what uh i did like i did like how he turns the tables on the sith lords at the end you know they're trying to tell him what he's going to do and he just says you know guess what this is this is what you're going to do for me because i have this knowledge or whatever <laughs> um so that was yeah, good but- that wasn't believable to me. <laughs> really? Because to me, if uh, a, a student, and that's basically what he was, an apprentice, 
walks in to their entire council there and says, this is what you're going to do, they'll blow him away if they're really Sith. You know what? I agree with you there, but I feel like I have had to suspend my disbelief on that issue since the beginning of the issue or the beginning of the whole series when I'm like, if this is such an important mission, why are they sending this apprentice guy who hasn't even finished his training? So... So I just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to the end and he's acting bigger than his britches, it's like, well, they've kind of just given him the benefit of the doubt the whole comic. So it didn't, that didn't really bother me. And, you know, I, I, I thought it was about as good an ending that you could have for the, for the comic. There you go. Um, yeah. And it'll be, it'll be kind of, uh, interesting to see what they're going to do with the whole storyline of Darth, Thanaton. I'm assuming we're going to hear about him or maybe see him in the game. I think, doesn't this comic happen, I think they say like 25 years before the Treaty of Coruscant or the Sacking of Coruscant. So, you know, within the, the lifetime. When Well, I tried to cheat and Google Darth Oh, Thanaton and? And Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Alright, so. well, we're just going to have to wait. Wait our turn. Um, okay so that was blood of the empire oh okay well we have to mention the funny little hat that one of those sith lords is wearing oh my gosh (laughs) you're talking about the harry potter hat yeah it didn't even look like a hair well i guess it was it was like a wizard hat to me it was like a little clown hat so i thought he looked he just looks sort of comical now did you see how he had it cocked on his head it was kind of cocked sideways but it was a wizard hat yeah and i thought and then he's dressed in red white and blue i mean is he a patriotic wizard (laughs) i don't know Uh, oh well okay so i am really loving the hats that we're seeing in this game actually as long as i never have to wear one Yes, as long as we can hide them. Yes. Bioware, listen, please. We want a hide button for the hat. <laughs> all right. Well, now I think we're ready to move on to the the All Smuggler <laughs> edition of the Friday Update. Um, actually, what we got the Smuggler video, which was released to Machinima um, a week early. Uh, but they have, just in this recent week, they actually added it officially to the tour page. Um, so uh, when that came out... I I loved it. I loved the 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 attitude and the the rocking soundtrack with the sort of rock music with a Middle Eastern flavor um, and and just the the yeah that was the first time I think we got to see the stealth uh, what we talked about before. Uh, what did you what did you think of the video? Well, first of all, I don't do not, do not know who the voice actor was mm-hmm. that is talking through that whole thing, but he friggin' rocked. Yeah, I, I did I like mean, him. He was awesome. Awesome. I mean, he made me want to play a smuggler. I mean, I don't have any desire to play a smuggler. But, I mean, if I was going to, he would have talked me into it. Yeah. Because he had that cocky, he had the whole attitude that I see or I picture a smuggler to have. Well, yeah, watching that video, it made me realize that that smuggler personality is definitely my favorite personality of everyone on the republic side and um and i got to thinking you know when you're questing and doing all this voiceover how entertaining it will be to to listen to the conversations that your character has with other people exactly i mean i'm really looking forward to that part especially as is as much detail as they are putting in to the voice acting uh-huh. and hiring all these people to do these i think it's going to be really really good and i think one of my favorite parts 
of this video is how he slides up yes. to the slider, you know, <laughs> to that speeder bike or whatever it is, or the ship or whatever. I think that's so cool. Right, right. Yeah, it just make it makes the smuggler class look very, very fun to play. Um, I think my favorite. I mean, in in terms of mechanics and all that kind, of, what can you learn from the video? Probably not a whole lot. But my favorite comment. Uh, about the video came from our forums. We as a it's our our fail or something like that. And this is a quote: "Coolest part of the video, you can lean on things and sit in the chairs on your ship." <laughs> just made me laugh. I thought, yeah, I hope we do get a lean command. That would be really cool. I mean, I, I read his his response, and I it got me to thinking. I want to be able to do all of those things in game. No matter where we are, whether it's our ship or whatever, if there's a chair, I want to be able to sit on it. Yep. If there's a, a wall, I want to be able to lean back. And I can almost see a smuggler leaning back on the wall of a ship. I know. Having a little piece of straw yeah. sticking out of his mouth <laughs> right. or something. Right. You I know. know. I, mean, I guess we can only just hope that those are not cut scenes, that they're real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay, not. I think that's the end for the Machinima video. We have next the advanced classes. Yes, we have the uh, Smuggler Advanced Classes, which are the Gunslinger and the Scoundrel. Uh, the Gunslinger being a ranged type person, where the Scoundrel doesn't follow any rules. Right. At all. Right. <laughs> so, you get your choice. You can either be the Gunslinger bad guy, you know, kind of just laying back like a Han Solo guy, or you can be a Scoundrel and kind of do things sneaky and... You get your choice. Yeah, I think that um, I, I went back and I looked at the, you know, I remember a while back, it, it's still not even really on the official page, but one of the updates when they listed all the the cl advanced classes and their different abilities, um, uh, it it looked like the, what the gunslinger is going to be the more, the DPS guy, right? And the scoundrel will be more the, the sneaking around. I'm sorry that stealth isn't available to the gunslinger also because that would probably be the one I'm more interested in playing but um, um, one of the abilities I thought was interesting they talked about in the on the 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 updated page for the smuggler when they talk about the scoundrel they had they talk about the scatter gun and it says that that sends them back the way they came um, which I don't know if that's just means that they hightail it and run away or if it's actually something that's more like a knockback even gosh that's very interesting I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll have to see what what that's all about. I don't see, I don't see anything in the what, for what did I say? This is a scoundrel. Um, yeah, the scoundrel abilities that are listed from the previous update is blaster, shotgun, stealth, medicine, burst, range, damage, or healing. So there's nothing in there that indicates um, what I was just talking about. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, the thing I liked about the gunslinger, and, and that happens to if I had to just play a smuggler, I think I'd probably want to go down the gunslinger mm -hmm. advanced class tree because I think it would be really cool to do trick shots. And I like the whole dive for cover. Yeah, I, I get the impression that cover is more of an issue for the gunslinger. I don't. I don't. There was something in the way it was written that made made me think that. Um, they also talk about blinding your opponent in under the gunslinger uh, class. So that, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is kind of um, cool. All right. Well, okay. So that was the, that was the advanced class part of the smuggler update. And this was the September 24th was the most recent Friday. Um, same update. Also talking about the smuggler we had. Um, oh yeah. They mentioned the 
Twi'leks, um, which they they added to the page. The it, was it the humanoids page or inhabit? I don't know. However, they're organizing it. Um, but they also in the update say that you will be able to play a Twi'lek smuggler. So we now have a new playable species for that class. Um, um, oh, and also in when you read about the Twi'lek, there's that little line that says can perform feats of dexterity that significantly surpass other species' capabilities. So what does that mean to you? That kind of tells me that there's going to be racial yeah. abilities. Yeah, I thought so too, <laughs> um, which is you good. Know, I hope there will be racial abilities because I don't want to see everybody be a human. Well, and yeah, and that's kind of my position on racial abilities. I know that people worry about the balance of you know, the classes and I totally get that. And I, and I agree that it, it's an issue. So, you know, I can see why people are against it, but I just feel like since they seem to be moving towards this only near human species for playable races, that, that they almost have to give us racial abilities because otherwise there's no difference. You, there's no difference the way we look. There's no difference between, you know, of, of what we can do. So now it's like, well, why even have, why even have different races to just make everybody humans? I agree. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> um, Alrighty. Well, moving on. The next thing is it was, um, in that same Friday update, they talked about the companion for the smuggler, and that is the Bodare or Bodar. How do you pronounce that, Kathy? I think in my head I was going Bodar. But yeah, who knows? that's kind of what I was thinking. Who knows? What I thought was really cool was the way that they gave it the history of the companion and telling about how um, Bodar was uh, spent 108 years as a slave right. and that he was won 10,000 arena matches and I guess the, the highlight to me was what his his arena name Yes, were. I love those. The Bone Shatterer, the Death Mountain, the Killer of Kashik or Kashik. However, yeah, three Ys. That's a yeah. little ridiculous. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, anyway. But I thought that that was really good that, that he's a Wookiee. I mean, because what's a smuggler without his Wookiee? I know. And I really, I, I am glad to see the Wookiee, even though it's predictable and, you know, some people are saying you know why why is why do we want to be so cliche but i think more people will be mad if we didn't have the wiki than we'll be sad that it's cliche so i'm i'm personally well glad. i think it follows the game i mean mm-hmm. the, the, the the whole right. movies and the whole history i think it's important that we and i think that's what bioware is trying to achieve is is they're trying to stick to what's already known in the game or in the the lore of star wars and bringing it to the game and I think Wookiee was just a natural choice, and I'm I, I applaud. Yeah, I think it's great. I agree too. And you know what? This is he. This guy is kind of scary, actually. So this is not your walking carpet, Chewy. <laughs> you know, this this guy is is like a, a serious. I mean, he might even be too mean if you're going to be playing light side. I, I don't see I don't see you wanting to you know take this guy who just is used to just killing things <laughs> um, and being the the bone shatterer or whatever. So. Uh, It'll be. I'll, I'll. I'll be curious to see what happens when you're with your character interactions with this companion. But see, I see it completely different. I think he accents the smuggler because the smuggler. Let's just take a gunslinger for example. He's behind cover and he is shooting from a distance, and I can just see this big, huge 
Wookiee charging in there to rip limbs off. Uh-huh. You know, so he's the melee and the smuggler's the range. Yep. So, yeah, gameplay-wise, you know. it makes perfect sense. Yep, absolutely, yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, all right, well... So I think the final bit of smuggler information that we got from the last Friday update was the Starship, um, which is the Corellian XS Stock Light Freighter. Now, that's quite a mouthful. Um, so this is our second Corellian uh, Starship. We had the Corellian Vanguard, and, and which makes sense because as Star Wars fans knows, the Corellians are known for building and flying ships. Uh, so um, the fact it also looks a lot like sort of maybe a combination of the Millennium Falcon from the movies and the Ebon Hawk from KOTOR. Uh, so that should make people happy too, except for the ones that want something completely different because they don't want to be cliche. <laughs> um, but I liked it. I, I thought, oh, I could see myself flying around in that. Uh, and it was really nice inside those screenshots and the little videos. Did, did you like it? I really did. Um, I guess what I thought was the best part is the fact that it looks so big from the inside. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was expecting. I, I I don't know if I was expecting some little small space that you're not be able going to be able to walk from room to room in the <laughs> ship itself. Or I, I really don't know what I was expecting. But to see the hallways, to see so many different rooms, to see the cockpit... I thought it was just awesome. And the ship looks huge. Yeah, when you look at the screenshots and you see like a tiny person standing next to it, it's, yeah, it's monstrous. So so that's nice. <laughs> um, and and I guess, I, you know, I wish that we could see more of the social areas. I think that, that there was one little corner somewhere that looked like it was a lounging area. But since they talked about how these uh, these ships are really have the creature comforts for people who want to live on them um i i would really like to see more of the sleeping quarters or the the areas that you would probably hang out in with your companions when you want to just like chat with them or your friends if you're inviting them over um so i hope we'll see more of that in the future but there won't be a loo yeah (laughs) i know people are really (laughs) obsessed with that you know i don't really want to play the sims (laughs) the sims which i used to play where you have to go to the bathroom Or mop up the puddle on the floor if you didn't make it in time. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I, I really don't need to see a loo either. <laughs> All right. Okay, and that brings us to the SWTOR station's video of the smuggler riding a speeder bike. I don't know how many of you actually got to see that little clip, uh, but we do have a link to it in our show notes. Um, what I thought was really cool about it was how he went up to a device or something there and brought up what looked like a flight plan or a flight map mm-hmm. and selected his destination and clicked on it. What I didn't like about it, what I saw, was the way that they turned the camera when it turned corners or whatever. It kind of looked kind of... Yuck. Right. It didn't stay behind you you the whole time. You know, I don't, I didn't actually notice that. The thing that I noticed, I'm assuming this is kind of, this is not you riding your speeder bike on your own, um, that this is probably a flight path kind of thing. Um, But the one thing that I just thought is like, wow, this is kind of a little. Pleasant ride through the through the world, and I thought this is this doesn't really look like the speeder bike chase that I remember from the original movies. Well, not only that, he didn't go very far. Uh huh. He could have walked. Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> 
That's funny. <laughs> I'm serious. He could have walked. It didn't take him very far at all. Yeah. At least it didn't look like it to me. <laughs> Maybe we saw an edited version. Who knows? But but yeah, that was just my reaction. It's fine. It was just something that I thought was sort of amusing as I was watching it and expecting, you know, Luke and Leia or whatever. They're, you know, zooming through the trees and almost getting clotheslined on all this stuff and people shooting. And this is just kind of a, like a little, a little Disney World ride from one point A to point B. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping that there will be actual speeder bikes that we can actually steer ourselves. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I did think it was pretty cool to at least Oh, see definitely. It, so. Yeah, I, I don't really have a problem with it. It was just amusing. Okay, that takes us to the last thing on our list, and that is the Game Developers Conference in Austin, Texas, which is next week, October 5th through the 8th. And you will find there Damon Schubert is uh, doing a class or presentation on how online gaming has adopted the grind. Hmm. Um, and then we have Gordon Walton, or as affectionately known by Darth Hader as Walton Dalton, the lessons learned creating team cultures. Um, and then I believe Rich Vogel is going to discuss strategies for successfully running an MMO from launch and beyond. And one the, uh, the final one was Kyle Garner is going to be one of the speakers um, on the topic, You Studied Game Design, Now What? Um, so it sounds like they're going to have a good representation in Austin for this conference. Yeah, actually, I'm very sorry that I'm not going because I think that we could get a lot of hints about the questions that we're asking <laughs> about the things they haven't announced with if we are able to hear the what's going on in these developers' minds as they as they talk about these different issues. I agree. I totally agree. So, all right. Well, I think that's a wrap for all the biggest tour news, which brings us to our next segment. Strong am I with the Force. Or Jedi. Last time we found out that Kathy is a self-proclaimed dish Nazi in her family. And we also learned that Carla likes the concept of disposable plates. So far, our scores stand at Carla negative three and Kathy plus five. Remember, negative scores reflect a dark side tendency, while positive scores reflect a light side tendency. All right, Kathy, are you ready for your Sith or Jedi challenge? Sure am. You are driving the family car and are almost home when you notice the fuel gauge is near E. You know that tomorrow morning someone else in your family needs the car for a fairly lengthy trip. Do you, number one, turn the car into the nearest gas station and fill it up? Number two, drive home and casually mention that the car needs to be filled up before the next person uses it. At least you gave the next driver fair warning to build a gas station trip into their morning schedule. Or three, realize you forgot to stop for beer and make a detour to the grocery store before arriving home on fumes. You do not discuss the empty gas tank. Okay, well, I know what the right answer is. Number one, you should go and fill it up. Um, having been in the situation before, though, and this is like my husband's one of his, my husband's pet peeves: people who take his car and run the gas tank down. <laughs> but uh, I would probably be more likely to uh, do two, and you know, just take it home and let 
let let my husband know uh you know what you're gonna need gas before you go to work tomorrow <laughs> sorry Oops. so yeah so what does that get me okay well you have gotten a zero which means you have chosen a neutral path Maybe you did most of the driving, but you filled it up the last time. Therefore, right. it's someone else's turn. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Besides, I had to go to the bathroom, so I had to rush home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about you? How, are you? how do you handle empty gas tanks at your house? Well, you know, where you're the dish Nazi at your house, I'm uh-huh. the, I've learned to be the gas Nazi at my house. <laughs> okay. So, unfortunately, I have to choose number one, and, and I must explain that... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is a pattern from my husband always saying, don't let it get below half. Don't let it get below half. Don't let it get below half. Half? And, half? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, see, That's but, like a week's worth of driving. But, you know, in Texas, we do everything really large scale. Oh, we drive okay. a one-ton truck, and it's huge. It sucks diesel. Oh, and we're 30 miles from the nearest town. So you don't come home on fumes. Oh, all right. Well, I guess that makes sense. So good for you. You're a light side person in this case, which means, uh, okay, yes, yeah, scoring one, you will get plus one point. You did most of the driving this week, so it was your responsibility to fill the tank. So very good. I think that means you are heading back towards the light side that oh I forgot, what is so what are you negative two now does that right does that sound right yes and i i remain at plus five so okay you can read all the past sith or jedi tests on our site at corellianrun.com keep score and see which way you lean All right, that sound means it's time for our Community Buzz segment, where we find out what the fans are talking about. All right, well, there were a couple of polls that I saw on my um, searching through the official sites, and the first one had to do with raid size. And it's not a huge poll. There were only 269 responses, um, but... I thought it was interesting because what they did is they said, what do you think raid size should be? And they gave, like, it should be four, I think they did a multiple eight, so four, eight, 12, 16, 20, and it went all the way up to, like, 28 even, maybe. Um, And by far, the winning choice was 12, um, with 27% of the votes. And and the two numbers right on the other side, like 8 and 16, were right behind with 16 votes each. So so most people are, are going towards that the no more than like 12 which I, I guess that's a sign that people don't really want the the wow 25 man or 40 man raids uh and they they're looking for a, a tighter more compact group um is that what did, did you take the poll i took the poll and i actually um voted the way that the majority did and that's the party size of 12 but this particular poll is the second version the first version didn't do it in multiples of four Mm -hmm. so it kind of got diluted and i think that's why more people did not vote than what did but this one went all the way up to rate size of 40 and i was shocked to see that 22 people or 8% of the people actually wanted a raid that large. Is this the the other poll this with is, the different no, this is the version two. or this one? Mm-hmm. Okay, this yeah, yeah, yeah. Still the version 2 that was in uh-huh. the 4 8 12 16 Okay. Know, one. And I thought 
that's really bizarre because anybody that played WoW in the old vanilla WoW days of 40-man raids mm-hmm. have to understand how incredibly hard it was to get 40 people together. I know. I know. I think we do forget, you know, people are sort of nostalgic for that in, in some ways. But but yeah, but maybe only people who are not are not currently playing well. I never uh, have forgotten and never will. I never want to see another 40 man raid as long as I live. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, one thing that that is interesting though and it'll be uh, we'll have to see what happens with the way raids are run in tour but i don't know if you remember at least with like the 40 man it almost you had a lot more leeway in who you took you know when you get down to something like a 10 man or or 12 man you have to take the right mix of people in wow you know you don't it like each you can take if this many people have to be dps or you know you really there you can't just have like an extra character that's really undergeared or you it'll hurt um so that is something to consider when when you're when you're you know, saying, you know, I want the streamlined raid. Um, I, I think with the companion characters, if they're going to be in raids, I don't, we don't know that yet. Um, maybe that'll help, you know, but it'll give people greater flexibility, but, but yeah, I hope uh, it is flexible because that is the one thing that I absolutely abhor about, um, wow, as it is right now today in raids. And that is if it's not a perfect or close to perfect, balance of dps versus heals mm-hmm. versus tanks and then it when you get down to dps it has to be melee and some melee and some ranged and you've got to have this good mix it takes the fun out of it you can't help anybody i mean there are many times back in the 40 man raid days that if you had two or three people that were under geared and everybody yeah that maybe were new to level mm-hmm. 60 or whatever the max raid uh uh, max uh, level was, you could sneak them in there and you could basically carry them right. um, and help them get them geared out because how many times do you go through and do the first five bosses in some place and you DE everything because nobody mm-hmm, needs mm-hmm. it. And it would be a great way to gear out the the newer people and help them because i think that's part of being a good guild is you help people right i know it's a complex issue because you know you want to strike that balance between something that is challenging you know and something that is playable by a lot of people so you know you don't want to make it too easy where it doesn't matter at all (laughs) and 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 it's not interesting enough for the players who really are interested in in uh you know doing doing complicated stuff or having exactly the right gear so uh, and you know having something that'll just be you know cakewalk you don't want that either i agree um, all right. So anyway, that was that poll. So we encourage people to go to that poll and vote. Uh, we'll have a link to that poll in our show notes. The other poll that we wanted to look at was the there was a question which essentially is how long will you play if end game sucks? I think that was the how they phrased it. Um, and it was interesting because they this is probably good news for Bioware because a good chunk of the people I, like were saying. It, you know they're not really worried about in game. They, they would they would play for years. They would love rerolling. That's twenty three percent, or indefinitely until no new con- new new content is left. That's twenty six percent. So right off the bat, you have forty nine percent of the people who are who are you know they're they're not worrying about end game. Obviously, uh, the next popular was 
six, the next launch is like six months to a year. And that's like, that's 13.85%. So that to me is kind of, is that what you said you voted when yes. you took the poll? I did not vote the first two. I was in that third 13% mm-hmm. or almost 14% that I'm not a re-roller. I'm not an alt player. Yes, I have a couple of alts, but I, that's about it. I cannot see myself re-rolling indefinitely. And just because there is a little new content out there does not mean I'm going to play indefinitely. Um, right. You have to hold my interest. And part of my interest, and, and again, I said this earlier in the podcast, is it's not just about rating and it's not just about leveling. I want the full experience. So I want good rates, good PvP, good auctioning, good crafting. I sure. want it all. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so you, at least, even though you're not sure what's happening with Endgame and you know you understand the concerns of some people, you at least are willing to give it a shot. Like Absolutely. the six months to a year. So, so that I think overall, that's pretty positive new for Bioware fans. I mean, not Bioware fans, for, for Bioware. <laughs> um, because mo- most people are okay so far. They're not worried. They're not saying, I'm never going to play this game. <laughs> you know, because sounds so dumb. Um, well, it, and it also, I think it also tells us that this is still, this is like another indication that a lot of the people in these forums right now taking these polls are KOTOR fans or Bioware fans. And they're, they're, they're really pretty happy with the way the game is shaping, falling out right now. And yep. it'll, yeah, it, when, when the WoW players come, it, it'll be, it might be a different story. <laughs> well, and that's where you and I had the conversation. I think a lot of the people that are taking these polls and that are lurking on the forums and, and stuff like that are KOTOR fans. They're used to the single player, MM, you know, the single player experience and they're used to this storylines. They're used to re-rolling this or that or whatever, starting the game over. I'm just wondering how people from the world of Warcraft uh, players are going to feel. Because there's only 426 people that voted this way. And right. I, I, I would be interested if they put this poll on the blizzard forums <laughs> about the game uh, <laughs> you yeah, know go ahead do it yeah. no <laughs> way no way those trolls are vicious they'll eat you alive <laughs> um oh and i should probably say that i actually did vote in one of the more i think i said indefinitely until no new con basically i'm gonna play till it's till it's not fun anymore and and i think it will be fun because i actually do like leveling alts um so i'm coming from a slightly different place that you are i also am you know i haven't raided since the burning crusade i didn't i skipped lich king expansion entirely in terms of raiding um so i'm i kind of like the solo thing so you know i don't that probably that probably means that i'm coming more from the kotor bioware fan base than the wow fan base right now but anyway, okay, well, there was another forum that has nothing to do with, well, kind of it does have an endgame, but it's, it's related. And there was a discussion about badges or tokens, they called it. And someone started a thread saying that he hated the token system and thought it was terrible and just made you grind and grind and grind. It was like the, the dumbest thing and he hopes Bioware doesn't do it. Um, which surprised me because my, even though I stopped reading before badges uh, came into the game, I, I, I'm familiar with them and I just feel like 
it's not it's not adding a grind. It's more like it's adding a perk for people who don't get the drop that they wanted. Maybe the like someone else took it or it didn't drop for you that time. At least you get the badge. You know what's what's the downside of that? I can't see a bit downside. The only people that I think would not like a token system are those people that are all about themselves. And I don't mean to sound that <laughs> that to sound negative or. That, you know, it's all about what is in it for me. And while that's a true experience in any game, I think we all have to look at the bigger picture and say, you are going to be probably part of a guild. You are going to be playing with a group. And you are going to have to rotate when it comes down to loot drops. So what better reward could there be than as you're going through here and doing these different raids that you get tokens that you can earn up to buy different gear. Right now, like in WoW, you use the badges to buy gear. You can buy, um, like, uh, neck pieces or rings or different things to help you better your gear score and, and what your gear is. But not only that, let's say you've got all the badge gear you can buy, you can go buy heirloom. Uh, gear, or you can go mm-hmm. and buy epic gems. I mean, there's so many ways yeah, that's these really tokens. Nice. Yeah, there's so many ways that these tokens can be used that there isn't a downside. I, I just don't see it if there is. Yeah, I mean, I feel with the way WoW does it, it's you know, it's kind of a mix of you, you know, it isn't like the raid gear is always better than the badge gear, or that the badge gear is always better than the raid gear. It's just kind of it, it adds a more a variety to it, and you know, you can do it if you want, or you know, it's just something. It's just another little thing to add to the the, the stuff that you can collect. And I don't, I don't see a, I don't really see why that would be a problem for most people. Yeah, see, I don't either. But all right, well. Okay, well, that leads us to the end of our show, I believe. Um, You can contact us through our website at CorellianRun.com. We've got our forums there. You can click a button in the upper right page to um, add us to your Twitter or Facebook. You can leave us a voice message by clicking the Google Voice button on our website or calling 281-766-4511. We would love to play your message on our podcast. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Zoom. Um, if you like what you hear, we'd love it if you left feedback for us. Um, and we didn't get any new feedback since our last podcast, but so let me just thank the people who have taken the time already to do it in the past because it, it really um, it really helps our numbers on iTunes, I think, and it's just nice to get feedback from our listeners. Um, we also would like to thank our sponsor, Guild Lunch, which is the place to go for full-featured Guild website hosting. I mean, you can check them out at guildlaunch.com That wraps it up for us here at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Kathy. And I'm Carla. May the Force be with you. And may your gas tank always be full. You have been listening to Corellian Run Radio, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast. Tune in next time to hear Carla say Somehow... I thought riding a speeder bike would be more, I don't know, speedy? End transition.